Welcome to the Unbox Your Gift podcast. I'm Rita Joyan. It's all about how to turn your passion into a profession. And I know so many people, so many people who want to become writers. And yet, you know, J.K. Rowling's, the author of Harry Potter, has really made it hard <laughs> because we need to write this huge, amazing bestseller that it is going to just become billions of dollars, valued at billions of dollars. But my guest today is really proven that you can take this love of writing, this craft of writing, and do it and do it with love and be able to turn to a profession without being another Harry Potter. Nothing wrong with that, but if you haven't yet already done so. And so my guest today is a children's author. She's a freelance writer. She's a book reviewer. She's a blogger. More importantly, she's been a full-time self-employed writer for over five years. She's created content for companies like Optus, Fiji Airways, Sheridan, Spirit of Tasmania, and lots more. She's releasing her first picture book this month that I think it's already released called Cloud Conductor. And it's very exciting, Kelly. Welcome, Kelly Burns, to Unbox Your Gift. Thanks, Rita. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. Now, tell me, Kelly... You are a full-time writer, which is, I know a lot of people listen to this podcast would love to be able to be in your shoes. What does it feel like to be in your shoes? <laughs> <laughs> well, it certainly depends on the day. Like, like anybody who is self-employed, um, you know, you have your, your ups and your downs. As a freelance writer, I, you know, each month is different, each week is different, mm -hmm. each day is different. Um, so you have to, you have to cope with all, all the challenges that come with that. Um, as far as, you know, there's not always a, a set amount that you make each month. Um, you can have, a, a, to be honest, I never, I very rarely say no to work just because you sort of never know when it's going to come. But that means I have some crazy busy weeks uh, and then I have slower times and I work more on my own books at that at that stage. So really, I think it's it's necessary to be flexible mm -hmm. and adaptable mm -hmm. uh, and to and to be willing to learn um and to and to be reliable is a big thing as well so uh i i there's also lots of positives from being self-employed and being a writer uh one of them is that as a kid i always loved writing it had always been one of my strengths so it's nice to finally be be doing a career where i feel like it's me it comes naturally it's that doesn't mean things aren't hard and that I don't have to work, but it, it just feels like me uh, is the best way that I can try to explain that, which I think is the case for anyone who finds their passion. It feels like you. So, Okay. So this is interesting. As a full-time writer, Kelly, do you find, because when you're writing full-time as you are, you're not just doing the craft of writing, but as you said, you're learning. So you're learning how to get your craft out there into the world, how to distribute it, how to find people to... Uh, recruit to want to work with you do you find that creativity is kind of stifled or do you find that it doesn't affect it at all your creativity for writing because you're wearing other hats as well mm. personally i like wearing lots of hats okay. uh, it, it means that i don't get bored and i like i really love learning that's something i've always loved as well so to me that's probably a benefit that i keep to i get I keep getting to learn new things and try new things. As far as creativity goes, I 
I'd been freelance writing for a few years when I decided it was finally time to try and become an author. I always wanted to be an author. I actually worked in the publishing industry for a while um, in my 20s in the publishing um, sort of office and then also as a sales rep for a couple of companies. One of them is a, is a bigger publisher in Australia. So I really got to see how... Uh, the publishing industry works, what's involved, and how tough it is for authors. And honestly, that put me off for about a decade. <laughs> um, oh. it, it really did. Um, not not that anything terrible happened, or but I just saw how really, really tough it is. And I guess just for me, I felt that I wasn't ready to tackle that. I didn't have enough confidence. In a way, I felt like I didn't have enough life experience either to write, um, which isn't really accurate because people write wonderful books at any age. Mm. But that's sort of how I, I viewed it at, the, at a time. But when I did decide, okay, I'm ready, I'm going to write some of my own books and stop writing only things for other people that I'll write some stuff for myself as well. Um, I did feel like I had to get back my creativity and really access a different side of it. I'd been used to writing even before I was a full-time writer. Most of my jobs involved a lot of writing. So I'd been doing that for years, but there's a big difference between corporate writing and writing children's books, which is what I do. So I did feel like I had to access a different type of creativity, definitely. So, so this is really interesting, Kelly. Now, you touched on this briefly. I want to come back to what you just said before about accessing a different level and finding the courage to write your own book and write it from your own perspective. Prior to you starting to write full-time, so what were the jobs? Because I want to know, like, how did you transition onto this full-time? What were you working as before writing full-time? Uh, I had various uh, sales, marketing and PR roles. Mm -hmm. And then I started my own online business. Oh. Um, so I was doing that for a number of years. So there was a lot of writing and marketing involved with mm -hmm. that too. Yeah. Uh, and then it was... Yeah, I, I just sort of needed, um, I wanted a bit more income coming in while I was doing that. Mm -hmm. And so I was looking for something that I could work around the business. Mm -hmm. uh, so I thought, I thought of writing at that point, when I was younger, content writing and blogging, I mean, they weren't really a thing. They weren't around. Um, so had, a lot had changed. And I went, well, there there are all these writing opportunities now. Um, and so I ended up, I found um, some freelance work with a digital agency in the USA and started working for them just a bit. And then over time, that actually, I discovered, oh, I love writing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd kind of forgotten that, yeah. that that's what I'd wanted to do yeah. um, and so I ended up transitioning into writing full-time and I'm still writing for that agency today um, and yes yeah, so I, I, I kind of feel like I slightly fell into it in a way but I think everything I'd done in my career had really been building up uh, to me being an author and a writer running a business being a marketing PR that all helps you yeah. to be a, a full-time writer you have to it's not just about creativity it's also about about running a business as a writer Def, definitely and I love that because you cannot write if you don't know how to 
create, get the work. So how hard, easy, challenging is it for someone who wants to, someone listening right now, who would like to, you know, try some freelancing to see if they want to transition into being a full-time writer, or maybe they have to do some work. Is there anything that you could recommend that people could find the work to write? I think for starters, if, if you're unable to, if you, you know, find some, uh, some jobs advertised online um, and apply for them. If you're not getting anywhere, just start writing your own stuff. Um, start building a bit of a portfolio just to show to people that you can write. Uh, I think networking is always helpful, social media and in person. Um, it's probably not something I do enough of, to be honest, being the introvert that I am. <laughs> um, but I, I'm doing more and more of it these days and mm -hmm. trying to put myself out there more. Um, but yeah, I think just start by practicing and, and learning your craft, studying what's out there, work out. I mean, there are so many different types of writing that you can do. Mm -hmm. the, the list is endless. So work out what are you interested in? What do you understand? What topics come easily to you? Is there a particular niche that you want to get? Do you want to cover all sorts of topics? Um, mm -hmm. Start your own blog, do some guest posting and just that would be my suggestion of a way to sort of start getting a bit of traction and, and show that you know what you're doing because people won't be comfortable hiring you if, if you don't have any experience or can't show them that you can do the job. So. Yeah, love that. So you, you this year, uh, well, actually this month, your first yeah. book launch, Cloud Conductor, is that right? Yes, correct. It's Congratulations. That is super. That is absolutely super. Now, before the launch of this book, you have been taking your own advice and being a freelance writer, a reviewer, a blogger. Like you said, you've been taking the work as it comes. So what shifted? Because you said before that maybe you, you need more life experience to write a book. What shifted in you to finally think, you know, I could probably do, write my own book? <laughs> uh, probably a number of things. I think part of it, I was actually in a in a long-term sort of abusive relationship with a partner and I got out of that finally um, and that was a big turning point for me um, I sort of had to create a whole new life mm -hmm. and I felt like I created a not a whole new me but I had to put myself back together again and and that took a few years really I'm you know in a way I'm probably still working on it I think we're all always constantly needing to work on ourselves um so I got I guess I got a lot of experience doing that and I read a lot and I um yeah I guess it, I after going through all of that and turning my life around and becoming a full-time freelance writer I realized that nothing would ever be as hard as what I'd been through oh. so all of the rejections that I knew would come with being an author, uh, I was like, oh, well, I can handle that. I, if I've handled this other stuff, I can handle that. Um, and, and I have been because rejection is part of, of being an author. Um, even the most famous authors get rejected still constantly. So mm -hmm. you, you have to build up the self-confidence to handle that. Okay. Love it. So Cloud Conductor, now that is a picture of, a picture book, is that right? And that's right. Yes, yeah, so that's um, a, a picture book for young children. Probably sort of five to eight years is the is the main target age. Mm -hmm. But as with any children's books, children are 
are all at very different levels. So, you know, it could go younger, could go older, but it's, it's about a, a little girl who's very active and likes inventing and hanging out with her dog. Uh, um, and then when she gets sick, she can't do a lot of those things anymore, but she uses her imagination to cope. So she conducts the clouds and she, oh. and she sees different, different things and, and stories and sort of hears music in the clouds. And that's her way of, of escaping um, and dealing with what she's going through. And I hope that people who read it sort of um, take away from it that we all have the power inside us to, mm. to deal with challenging times and that creativity is is one of the best tools that we have in our mental health toolkit um i think we just often forget to use it so i love it so the fact that you've chosen this is very interesting uh, for me kelly looking at an author like yourself because for me what's interesting is you've created this beautiful imaginative story about a little girl who likes to do things but gets sick and then has to use her imagination why did you lean towards creating a children's book? Why not a horror? Why not science fiction? What, like, why did you choose children's, the children's niche to write a book about that? The short answer is simply that I love it. Yeah. I loved it as a kid and I've always loved it as an, as an adult. Um, for years, I, I, I've worked in bookshops and like I said, I, I worked in publishing and the books that I always found myself hanging on to or buying, even though I, I didn't have kids at the time and, and, I, and I don't yet, um, but I would just buy kids books and, and have them in my collection because I loved them and I thought, oh, one day, one day when I have kids, but really that was just an excuse. I was buying them for myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just love kids' books and they have so much power. It, yeah. it, you know, reading um, can just do so much for children and for adults as well. But I think instilling in children a love of books and, and showing them that they can go to any world um, mm. and be anything and do anything and, and use that power of the imagination uh, when they're reading or writing their own stories that's very powerful to me. So I guess it's no surprise that my first book is all about the imagination as well. So, <laughs> And did you, so for someone who's listening right now and thinking, wow, I'd love to be able to write my own book. Uh, would you recommend, and I don't know what path you went down to, did you go self-publishing or did you go with a publisher? I went with the publisher. Um, I didn't really want to do the self-publishing thing myself. Um, I think doing that successfully takes a certain type of person. Uh, what really type of person? What do you think? What type of person has, would, would you say? I think to, to do self-publishing, you really have to be able to sell and to market and to want to spend the time doing that and to really put yourself out there. I just didn't think it was something that I would particularly feel comfortable doing. I, I have been doing a lot of marketing for the book um, and putting myself out there in a certain way, but um, not in a way that I think would, would work with self-publishing. I also, for me personally, and everyone sees this differently and, and wants to go a, down a different path. But for me, I guess I felt that if I couldn't get it tr something traditionally published, then that meant that it wasn't good enough to self-publish either. Oh. Um, but, you know, that, that's sort of the, um, what's the word? The criteria, I guess, mm -hmm. that if, you know, if publishers saw it and went, yes, there's value in that and they backed me. And picture books are very expensive to produce. Oh, okay. Because they're, 
full of illustrations and all the color and the mm. um the artwork and they they're expensive <laughs> um so publishers have to really love something and be and be willing to invest a lot of money in publishing it so for me it was just a you know feeling that yes it is good enough with with having other people back it not just myself so okay. so that's really interesting that I, I number one i didn't know that it makes sense though now that you know children's picture books are more expensive to publish because of the color and the pictures of course but um and it's interesting that you you feel that if you were self-published maybe it's not going to do that well versus if someone else's it is going to do well like a publisher, which is what J.K. Rowling thought, the same thing. So you're probably on the same path as her. <laughs> yeah. You want to do the same reasons. <laughs> you know, like, like attract. Great minds think alike. <laughs> so, oh, I like the way you think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. So how hard is it to, pub to approach a publisher? So can you break those steps down for us? So if I, I I'm not going because I'm, I'm not down the path, but if someone is listening, wanting to think, so if I wanted to go and approach, is it number one, is it hard? I mean, what are the steps that are needed to be ready to approach a publisher? Oh, that's a bit of a how long is a piece of string kind of question. Everybody will feel ready at different points. Um, I don't know that there is one particular time when you're ready. I think there are times when you're definitely not ready. Um, you, you really have to research the market, like read hundreds thousands even of, of, of books in the genre that you want to write to really understand what's already out there, what's selling, what are publishers looking for um, in, and, and study those books, study them. Um, I think it's important to, um, you know, I'd been full-time writing for five years, but I still did a lot of courses um, online and in person, workshops, talks. I listened to other authors talk about their experiences and illustrators. I think just learning as much as you can, um, even though if you're really keen to start submitting to publishers, it can be easy to get so excited that you, you probably jump a few steps. Um, but in the long run, I think you can save yourself time if you do lots of work up front um, and, and, and then start submitting once you feel you really do understand what you're talking about. <laughs> um, and, also, and also getting critiques, um, getting mentors, that sort well, of thing. Is I think. that hard, getting critique for your creativity? Uh, the whole, look, it's creative industries. So myself and every author friend that I ever talked to, we always feel like we're banging our heads against the wall wow. because it's so subjective. Yeah. You, get, you know, you can get 10 different critiques and get 10 different opinions. Mm. Um, but there are certain, you know, if you, if you have a critique group and if five people are telling you that something doesn't make sense or it doesn't mm. work, or this isn't appropriate for the age level of the reader or things, there are certain things that aren't as subjective um, and if you're getting if you're hearing the same thing over and over that's generally a pretty good indication of something you need to work work on so because I can always understand that because I used to uh, I do speak a lot of speaking and when I go and get opinions when I used to do competition speaking because it's your creativity that's you know that's at stake and it's your love and it's your passion and then when people say no, I don't like that <laughs> I don't like what you got you know it's like oh it's just it's a stab because it's not an essay for school you know you know it's, it's, this is a lot of love going into writing speaking so that's why I would find it hard now when you do go and for example when do you know to change something or when do you know what to stick to something 
oh, I'm still trying to yeah. wrap my head around that, to be honest. I still struggle with that constantly. Um, mm. I don't know if that ever goes away, honestly. I guess the more books you have out, the more confident you are in yourself mm. that maybe it's easier to sort of listen to your gut. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, the more you do, the more you learn. Um, and once you're more proficient at something, it's easier to sort of not make the same mistakes or to know when you've got something um, at a, at a higher standard. So, but yeah, I'm afraid I can't give you a simple. <laughs> no, that's honest. No, that's a very honest answer, but I know you've got a, another book that's about to come out as well. I've got another book coming out next year. It's not coming out till later next year, actually. So it's a little while away, but in okay. publishing, that's that's not too far, really, because yeah. everything works at a snail's pace in publishing. So, yeah. so the fact that you've got another one in the works shows that you're, you know, you're on the right track. Is what I'm trying to get at. You know, <laughs> is that from the same publisher? No, it's a different publishing house. Okay, and another Australian one. Yeah. Okay, so if so, if someone wants to go and do a lot of research and research the genre, you know, really study the books and the genre or the niche that they want to write in, and now that they feel that they've got a story or a, an idea that they've got to put to paper and they've written it down, what are the next? What are the other challenges that are involved in approaching and getting published? <laughs> There's numerous ones for starters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it varies depending on what genre you're writing in. Um, but for picture books, for example, mm. uh, there aren't many publishers who are actually open to unsolicited submissions at the moment. So by that, I mean, um, if you don't have an agent to submit things for you. Um, in Australia, having an agent isn't such a big a lot of people have one don't get me wrong but a lot of people don't too it's not such a necessary thing um in the us for instance um it's a lot it's a lot harder to sort of get anywhere without an agent just the way that their systems are kind of set up um here in australia though you can get published without one um having said that though a lot of publishing houses aren't open to submissions um for particular genres if you don't have an agent. So kind of a workaround for that and something that I think is worthwhile doing regardless is attending conferences um, and getting to know editors and publishers at those conferences. So, so it's, you can... It's, it's a lot of... Um, it's You are your own brand. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you're an ambassador for your own brand. You, you may not want to be... But you've really got to, especially now, because it's, it's, it's the, I think just the landscape has changed because of social media. You have to be your own brand, which is what I'm hearing you say. Yes, that's, that's definitely true. And as well, when you meet, well, publishers and editors often, I think, like to meet authors in person because mm. books can take one, two, three, five years and longer sometimes, but, you know, generally at least kind of two years plus. Um, and, and people need to know that they want to work with an author, that someone will be open to feedback, to making editorial changes to their work, that they, you know, they won't be too much of a prima donna. Um, they, so, so, so you need to kind of get this sort of stuff across. And, yes, you can do it in social media. And, yes, if you submit a manuscript and it's amazing, then it may not matter as much if you're, you know, 
kind of going to frustrate someone, <laughs> um, but you do yourself the most favours by by showing how you would be good to work with and and getting to many conferences have opportunities for authors to get manuscript assessments from editors, meaning that you uh, submit your work beforehand and then you might have 15 or 20 minutes at the conference to sit down and chat with the editor and they will give you feedback on the work. And if you're lucky, they might say, oh, make these, few, make these certain changes and then resubmit the manuscript to me and from there you could get a contract, potentially, you know. <laughs> All right, so, I, so I'm loving this. What I'm hearing here is um, how much love do you need to have for writing? And because you said in the beginning, you know, it's uh, not, no, no tutors are the same. Sometimes it's going great. Sometimes there's not much work. But how much love can you sustain for the love of writing to be able to just be on this path and be self-sustaining, be self-employed? You know, how, like, is there a deep love for writing? <laughs> is what I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I think if you don't love it, if you're not passionate about words and stories and books and, and the creative arts, I don't think you'll last very, I mean, you could, but I think it's tough. You really do need to love it and be passionate about what you do. Um, it's not an easy job at all. It's not an easy career, I should say. Um, so I think the, the passion and, and resilience and perseverance are a huge parts of it if you yeah. don't have that it's going to be you know make it a lot harder for yourself let's just put it that way and I love that that you said that Kelly what I'd like to learn from yourself uh, is when you say you have to have passion for it and I, as I've interviewed people for this podcast and have found how they've turned that passion into a profession like you have with writing I'd love to understand how you measure your own passion like is it that you think breathe words and stories is it that you read five books a month how do you like how like, i know you're probably not like there's no metrics for you but just for us listening to you and learning from you how can we understand how to engage what level of passion you have like how do we understand that can you give us an understanding i think it's when when a lot of your hours are spent thinking about something or learning about it or talking about it. Um, for instance, say when I travel, um, which isn't anywhere near as often as I'd like, um, if I go on holidays, you know, during my holidays, I'll be reading books, I'll go into bookshops, mm. um, I'll go to museums and galleries and I'll be like, oh, that could make an interesting book idea or, oh, isn't that, you know, couldn't that be a fun character or that's my brain is just regardless of whether I'm technically working or not, my brain is always just geared yeah. and interested in um, those kinds of topics. So to me, that's how I know I'm passionate about something. When, when I do live and breathe it, when my hobbies relate to it. <laughs> wow. So your preoccupation, yeah. I, I think so. And look, I think everyone would give you a different answer to that as well. But for me, it, it is that living and breathing it and enjoying it, just loving. Um, and, and for me, it's not just about books. Like I love w watching movies and TV shows and going to plays and watching musicals mm. um, and reading song lyrics and mm. reading poetry. It, it, it's kind of anything related to story um, and how that connects us and how we learn from it. Um, any all that sort of stuff I'm interested in and I, I think that's a part of being passionate about it. 
Yeah, well said, well said, Kelly. When you were saying before how uh, when you were writing your book, you had to access a different part of your mind uh, versus what you were doing for like writing for articles and blogs, that, that deeper level of creativity for writing for a book, you had to access a different, can you explain more, tell us more about what do you mean by accessing what part and what was different about the access of that part of your creativity? I, th I think there's a few different elements to that. And also I'm referring, because I write children's books, that's obviously very different to day-to-day -day corporate writing. Um, so if you're writing a book that's business-based, the difference isn't going to be so extreme. Um, but for me, accessing it, I guess it's from a couple of different points. For starters, part of it was, was a a heart and soul thing as silly as that may sound when I write corporate stuff I'm really just using my mind I'm not emotionally invested in it there's no need for me to be it's not you know it's um I might be interested in what I'm writing and I usually am but I'm not I don't have that kind of heart passion for mm. it whereas writing my own books I have to allow myself to put me into it um and that that was a transition for me. I was so used to writing to a brief for other people and not being so emotionally invested in it that it, it was a little bit of a challenge to go, oh, I have to put myself into this, what I think and what I feel and, um, and, and really invest me into it. So that's one part of it. Another part was as far as creativity goes, writing children's books, you need to be able to access your inner child. You have to play and, and, and just see the world a little differently and, or see the world from a, from a child's perspective. Um, so again, that's a different type of writing and thinking and being actually mm -hmm. as well. Um, so I had to try and um, learn how to kind of, let myself go in a way and let and, and not judge any ideas that would come up because as adults we judge things constantly like everything we do we're like oh you know maybe that wasn't good enough or did I say the wrong thing or whatever um but to to come up with fun story ideas I had to relax and and not judge ideas that come up and just sort of be a bit more open and free and and I do think play is kind of the operative word and regardless of what genre you're writing in when you're doing fiction I do think you always need to have fun with it and play and do, do you have a schedule Kelly because that's really interesting do you have a schedule where you work or you just no interruption so that you can get into that zone of just letting go and connecting with your inner child and like is there like or do you just kind of write normally like do you have a, a ritual mm. it's a very fancy pants word i don't mean like ritual get the candles out and um nothing like that you know but do you have like a way of getting yourself into that state there are different things that i do and i think it and it can vary a bit. Um, and also note that I operate quite differently to a lot of other people. I know lots of authors who are very scheduled. I'm not a very scheduled kind of person, um, but I know a lot of people who are, and, and often it's because of necessity because they, you know, they have lots of kids and various, like there are only certain times of the day or week where they can actually write. Um, I'm, I'm more flexible like that. So some people are just like between, you know, 10 and 12, um, at night, that's when I work on my book or whatever it may be. I'm 
because I don't need to be like that. I'm not at this point in time. So um, sometimes it can be just occasionally it's if a, an idea pops into mind and I sometimes I'll just go and sit down and write it then and there. Um, for me, a big, I guess, um, sort of sort of ritual that I use to get into the more creative headspace is to go somewhere else. Um, I work from home. I have a home office and I spend a lot of hours in it. And, and I find a, a good way to get into a different mindset is to go to a coffee shop or mm. um, go, just go somewhere different. Um, and just that change really helps me to kind of transition over to a, to a different type of thinking. I can do it at home and I do do it at home. Um, but I do find particularly when I, not so much when I want to write, or edit my children's books, but when I want to come up with ideas, in particular, I really find being in a different space um, very helpful. But Love again, that. everyone will have different things that work for them. So it's probably about trying lots of different strategies okay. and seeing what works for you. So here's, here's the, because I know I've, I've got friends who've published books. They're not, um, they're all nonfiction, so they're all business related and stuff. So I've got friends that do that and they tell me that they you predominantly, you can't live on publishing a book because unless, you know, you're selling millions. So unless you're J.K. Rowling. <laughs> J.K. Rowling, yeah, unless you're J.K. Rowling, in which case, hey. But if, if for someone who's looking to publish a book and who's aching, you know, has that passion as you talk about, but you're thinking about words and stories and assembling them together, would, what would be your recommendation being, having experienced what you have as a writer, would you recommend to go all in and just get that book out of your system or would you say, no, have your job as well and then make the time, if you're really passionate, to write in the evenings, like you say, or early morning or find space? Like, what would you recommend? Again, that's tricky because everyone has such different circumstances and and, and different personalities. Um, I would say be very careful about quitting a job and saying, I'm going to go and get published and live off that. Um, if you don't have some other income source, because, um, you know, there, there are absolutely no guarantees whatsoever in publishing um, or in being a freelance writer, a freelancer of any type. Mm. Um, so I would tend to be careful about doing that. I, I think, most people find it's generally um, helpful to, you know, to have your, your everyday job, whether that's full-time or part-time, um, and then to do your other writing around that. It also takes pressure, like if, if all your financial um, obligations are based around you getting published, that just puts so much stress onto something and that could quickly kind of erase your love and passion for it if there's too much pressure. Um, so yeah. I, I would suggest doing it as a side thing and gradually building it up. I've heard various, and again, every author has a different experience, but I've seen big authors in the US um, talk about, you know, that it took them maybe until their 13th or 15th or 20th book before they actually made anywhere close enough in book sales to make a living. Um, so it's, it's it, publishing works very slowly. It takes years um, to write, edit and get a contract on a book. And 
most times um, and then it takes years for a book to get published and then it can be years again before you start receiving any kind of payment so um, or, or you know like royalties that sort of thing so it's definitely not a a get rich quick thing <laughs> <laughs> not in the least but there's definitely lots of love I mean that's why you're saying to have a lot of love behind it because that's what's going to pull you through the the imaginations going up and down the creativity going up and down the publisher saying yes or no or what have you um, if, if I were going to if you were if you could speak to your younger self when the journey began for you and if you could offer any piece of advice what advice would you give? Hmm. Oh, you've got me a bit stumped there. Um, you can take your time. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing that, that I mentioned before, and it's, it's what I did anyway, was just learn. Yeah. Just well, learn as much. Learning? What are you specifically learning? Uh, things like what's already out in the marketplace story structure, um, what kinds of different publishers are out there and what they all look for, um, how to write a query letter um, or a cover letter for a manuscript, how to format a manuscript, um, the different types of structures of picture books, for instance. Um, I, I can go on and on and on. There's a lot to learn. And then when you look at, um, say, for myself, I've written a junior fiction novel and I'm I'm working on some non-fiction stuff and also older kind of middle grade and young adult books that I want to write that I'm still trying to plan out. Each one of those different genres is its own little beast to tackle. Oh. And so you have to learn about each one kind of individually too, because they all, again, read hundreds of books in that specific niche um, and learn, you know, what kind of works, what doesn't. And, yeah, there's so there's lot there's plenty to learn. <laughs> okay, learn. So learning is is a big part of the journey. That's I yes to me I think I'm and as I said I love learning so that's always going to be front of mind anyway. But mm -hmm. everybody that I know who's been successful in in getting not just in in getting books published but in just getting to a point where they have a finished manuscript and an edited one a critiqued one. Um, just to get to that point, which is a huge achievement, um, particularly when you're talking about, you know, 50,000 word, 50, word novels and upwards, um, everyone I know, it, it, it's all about learning um, and about constantly learning. I don't think you can ever really stop. Yeah. And you have to keep pushing yourself forward as well. Fantastic. Okay. So if someone wants to actually... Um get to know you more, Kelly, get to know your work more, get to have the opportunity to read your first ever children's book, where would they go? Well, they can go to my website and that's kellyburns.com. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, but I have difficult spelling for both my names. So it's <laughs> Kelly with an I-E and Burns, B-Y-R, NES, so that's kellyburns.com. Uh, on my website, you'll find my blog where I review books and conduct author and illustrator interviews. Um, you can learn about my writer for hire services, and I have links to my social media there as well. I'm on Twitter and Facebook, so if what? you Google I should come up. <laughs> <laughs> That's Kelly Burns. And Cloud Conductor can also be found on your website, your book, Cloud Conductor. Yes, there's information about that. 
that and it's sold online and in bookshops as well. So oh, in- bookshops too. How exciting. So what does it order- feel like being, my last question to you, Kelly, what does it feel like finally being a published author? Is it what you, how you thought it'd feel or is it like one down, more to go? How does it, how is it feeling for you? A real raw feeling. I think there's a mixture of feelings there. Getting my first publishing contract was just the most amazing thing. Um, Mm. And then the second one seemed to take much longer. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, having the book, getting the the proof copy in the mail, like a physical, the first physical copy, that was amazing. I recently had my first book launch. So you have all these little exciting steps all the way along. Having said that, I also spend a lot of time focusing on all these other things that I'm working on and pitching. Um, So there's, and, and you know and getting rejections and all that sort of stuff so there's ups and downs and I, I don't let the downs get to me and try to focus on the good stuff and um and to be honest I, I think a lot of it's still sinking in really as well so <laughs> <laughs> well it's just been out this month and that's a huge achievement so congratulations on you know overcoming your own mindset you know because that's a big part of it is just trying to managing your mind and Absolutely. get part of it Definitely. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for sharing your journey and how you've turned your passion for writing into a profession and how the journey continues. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, Rita. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Please make sure to subscribe to the Unbox Your Gift podcast so you're always up to date and we will catch you very soon.